This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 237. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you are here. It is summer and down here in the South, it's about 137 degrees. I don't know if it's that hot where you are. It's hotter. I think this is the hottest summer that we've had. I think this is my fifth, fourth or fifth summer here. And damn, it's hot. So I hope wherever you are that you are staying cool. And this particular podcast episode is a little bit different than I usually do. It's coming at you in two parts. The first part, I am joined by my personal friend and my colleague, Ella, from the On Air with Ella podcast. She and I did a uh, triathlon together, and I wanted just to have her come on to have her perspective. We're going to tell you a quick story of sort of how it went for both of us. And then you will hear me talk about my rendition of how triathlon can give you life lessons about life. I was training for this triathlon earlier this year and kept thinking like, oh my gosh, this is such a metaphor for life. And so I decided to create a podcast episode about it. I also wanted to let you know that I am over here kind of brewing up new things things for the fall as it pertains to the podcast. I went on vacation just uh, recently, actually. I came back and I spent that entire time mostly off of social media about two full weeks. And it was partly glorious, partly awkward. I didn't know. Like the more time that went on, the more I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? when I Do I have to like say something about my absence when nobody probably even noticed at all? <laughs> I wasn't around. I know we think people really notice, but they don't. And, you know, it was nice to just unplug and and everything. But at the same time, y'all, the world was kind of on fire and still continues to be that way. And of course, I had feelings around that. It is my privilege to be able to unplug. And during that time, I had some time of reflection to figure out what is next for the podcast. Some changes are going to happen in the fall, more on that later. But one thing I wanted to let you know that I've kind of been telling you over the last several weeks that I'm excited about is my patrons over on Patreon. You are the people, I know you're listening, you are the people who are going to be deciding some things with me on the podcast. Very excited because this week, if you are a patron, you are getting your first bonus podcast episode. Super excited. It's life lessons that I'm learning, suggestions to you. They are books, they are articles, they are other podcasts. And that is headed to you on Friday the 13th of this month, July. So in the upcoming months in the fall, my patrons are going to be the ones who are going to suggest guests for me. And then when I do have a guest, you are going to tell me what are the kinds of questions that you want me to ask this particular guest? What are the topics you want me to talk about on the podcast? And also you are the ones who are going to get your questions answered on the listener Q&A episode. So if you want to become a patron, if you want to become more involved in the podcast, 
I'm so grateful for those of you that are supporting my work. You can head on over to patreon.com slash Y-K-A-L. Of course, that link is in the show notes. And I thank you, thank you, thank you again for all of your support. Oh, and in case I wasn't clear, there's still time for you to get the bonus podcast episode for July. Even if you're listening to this in August, you can still go back and get it. So head on over to patreon.com slash Y-K-A-L. <laughs> So let's get on with it, shall we? Again, this first part, you'll hear Ella and I having a quick conversation about the topic, and then it shifts into me solo, giving you my own perspective on how triathlon can bring you great life lessons. Ella, thank you for being here on this very early Saturday morning, which is a first for me. <laughs> how did how did I get here at this hour? <laughs> I begged her, everyone, to come on and and do this sort of interesting intro. And I'm like, can you, you know, can you do Saturday? So we this is a first for for me. And I just I want, like as I was saying in the intro, I wanted to have you on so we can just briefly talk about what happened as we're recording this. This was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, we and have we're setting a pattern of being up at pre dawn hours on Saturdays with on a weekend. Right. And I told everyone the story. I recorded it via my Instagram stories. And you can go to Instagram and watch my highlights for the entire process, starting with the beginning of my training. And as I said, I'm going to get to the things that I have learned about triathlon and how they exactly relate with life. And how, so how should we do this? Should we tell everybody like how it went in our own words and just like interrupt each other back and forth? Or should we... <laughs> Because we have probably two different perspectives. I want to hear about the triathlon day in your words. I'm dying to hear this. Yes, it's like, please, please. please. <laughs> no. Well, let's sort of start from the beginning. And if my audience is, if you've been following, you know that my my very first triathlon in 2010. And the reason that I did it was because of my fear of open water. And I had a couple of friends that I'd gone to high school with who they had talked about doing it. And I mean, and these girls were athletes when we were in high school. I was not. I was uh, a cheerleader. I didn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no athleticism in high school. I was not. And so I just thought, you know, like they're, they're probably better athletes than I am, but I can still do it, I think. And so I did it. I loved it. Well, love is a very strong word. I liked it a lot. And then I did another one, I think the following year. And then when we moved to Utah, I did one that was fun. And that the swim was in a pool. It was called Triathlon. I'm sure that they have those particular races everywhere. If anyone wants to look into it, it's female only. It's geared towards beginners. It's a sprint distance. And if I can find the link, I'll throw that in the show notes for everybody. But that was in 2012, I think was the last time I did one. So it had been a while. I saw a flyer at my gym and thought, oh, okay, that looks like fun. And there was this training group. And so I signed up. I hadn't been working out at all for about two years prior to that. Jumped in with both feet, no pun intended. And trained for 12 weeks. And then I asked you if you wanted to do it. I think we were still probably like 10 weeks out. I mean, I feel like it was early enough that I put it on my calendar and then immediately forgot about it. (laughs) Well, you had a half marathon to do that was only like a month before our triathlon. That's true. And, And just to clarify for people, a sprint triathlon distance typically is between 500. Is it between 500 and 800 meters swim? I mean, yeah, it shouldn't really be over 600 meters. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> because ours was 880 meters. But yes, in all seriousness, yeah, you're going to hover between 500 and I suppose 800 meters. 
12 mile bike and three mile run. Wasn't the, our bike 14 and a half miles? Uh-huh. And then yeah, the, the, run the run was a little bit, the run was a little bit more than a 5k. Yeah. It matters. So I trained for 12 weeks and I was really proud of myself because you guys, usually when I do this, because I'm addicted to planning and control, I love to sign up for races and then immediately go to my calendar and then get a workout plan, put it all in my calendar. That makes me feel amazing about myself. Not doing any of the work yet. <laughs> just <laughs> Let me just plan it all out. And then I'm gung ho for a few weeks and then I fall off. And then two weeks before race, I panic and try to get in a lot of workouts and it never works out. <laughs> But I did not do that this time, partly because I had the accountability of this group. And so I was really pleased with myself on that. What did your training look like? This training that you're describing, it sounds like a familiar word. Um, no, in all seriousness, okay, I try to stay relatively fit, right? So I would say I exercise, you know, fairly regularly, but I treat triathlon training as a separate endeavor. I mean, I really... <laughs> My levels of fitness sort of vary with the seasons, but in triathlon season, I try to stay, you know, like ready to go. Well, that didn't happen. And I didn't get in a pool until the day before the race. So there was that. Um, I, I was, I was running and bike fit, relatively speaking, but the pool was terrifying because I too suffer from a fear of open water. I don't know if you got over yours. I'm terrified of open water. I mean, an ocean that I can see through is fine, but lakes is, it's obviously where all the dead bodies are hidden. Right. And like, yeah, cars and, and monsters. Yeah. So here's the thing too, is that's really common. And I'm in this group. I think you're in the same group on Facebook. It's like 46,000 women. It's called women for try. And there's so many really great stories in there. And so many women that do Ironman triathlons, which is slightly intimidating, but there's a like lot a of people <laughs> who even do this a lot, mm-hmm. have that fear of open water. It's that panic that, that sets in, but okay, everybody. I made up in my mind, because you and I have never done a race together before, I was pretty certain Ella was going to beat me. And (laughs) I didn't know. And then I think I joked the morning, uh, very early in the morning, I said, I'm only going to be humiliated if you smoke me. (laughs) Well, and I was pretty sure I was going to die on the swim and not be any kind of threat on the run or the bike. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so then we get there and we're having fun. And it's, I mean, it's always fun, I think. And unless you have diarrhea in the porta potty. (laughs) It can still be fun. (laughs) I'm not not saying I did. I know some people get really nervous. (laughs) And then we swim. And how was the swim for you? The swim is long. So you swim first and the sun is just coming up. Typically, they like to start races at some ungodly early hour and they do that so you don't die of heat stroke later. I get it. But you know, the sun's just coming up and you're all getting in the water and standing there a little nervous and shaky. And somebody leaned over to me, Andrea, we were we were starting in the same heat, but we weren't right next to one another. And this lady leans over to me and she goes, are you going to go fast? Because I, <laughs> I think she was planning on you like- had that look. She, no, she was going to beat the crap out of me. Like she, she, you start swimming together and it's all arms and legs and washing machine like, and mm-hmm. she, she's just making sure that I wasn't going to get in her way. I suppose. I don't, I don't actually know. So, so I was like, I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but Very subjective. I, it, it, it's relative, but we didn't have time to talk about it. So I start off 
way too fast always because of nerves and because I'm trying to get out of the melee. And I did that here. And then after about a minute in, I was like, but you did it again. You will survive. You did it again. You started too fast. And all the air you need is right up there. Like just reach up and grab some. And so I chilled out and I, and I sort of say to myself the whole time, slow and steady wins the race. And and that's what I say to myself over and over and over. And I had a really long time to say it. It was, it was long. My time, do you remember what your times were? I want to say 20 minutes on the swim. (laughs) I was in the water for 27 and a half minutes. (laughs) You guys, I trained for 12 weeks in the pool (laughs) and Ella trained once. (laughs) Oh my God, it's funny. It's not funny. And it's not, I mean, yeah. I did splash around a bit. I tell the story and I laugh about it because I could have so many hangups about it, but here's the truth of it. I do think that some people, A, first of all, there is something to be said for someone who's been consistently training longer than 12 weeks. That's one thing. And I think there's something to be said just for genetics. I think that you are probably just a better endurance athlete than I am. I'm just not. This is why I don't really have any desire to do anything longer than a sprint distance. I did one half marathon in my life and was really, really unhappy. <laughs> well, I'll like, tell you, I'll never want to do this again. <laughs> I'm sure that you have people yeah. listening that engage in these longer races and that sort of thing. Just to get this on the table, like endur- I was built for comfort, not for speed. Just want to be real clear about that. Um, I, I have, like long distances, I think are not even particularly healthy for my body. I got suckered into a half marathon with my brother and my dad. It's a bit of an anomaly, but like I will only run that far if someone's chasing me and or if I have a number strapped to me. So I just like, I do way better with shorter distances. And the reason I'm throwing that on the table is because my ego got engaged a while ago and I was going for longer, harder, longer, harder. And then I realized to your point, Andrea, like it wasn't that much fun for me. So I actually highly prefer the middle distance, which is called an Olympic mm-hmm. because the sprint just sounds so fast. <laughs> and Olympic, I can settle in. I, I can people go. take that literally and I do not. You're like, this sprint triathlon, what do you mean? I suppose my point that's more useful is like, do what's fun for you. Like, do what is fun for you. And it took me a while to learn that and realize that I wasn't enjoying sort of slogging myself around a 70 mile half marathon or excuse me, half Ironman. That wasn't fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. It's easy to get caught up in, in the competition of it and, and the gear and all of that stuff. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And it was funny to me, the the difference of athleticism for, for everyone there. And so then we get out of the water. I was tired at that point. Here's a mistake that I made. And I talk about this in my, the rest of the episode, I didn't eat enough that morning. I know I didn't. So here's what's interesting. Do you remember when I said like before the swim, we had like 10 minutes to get, to get into the, and I'm like, I think I should eat a banana. Uh And you were like, but you'll, your stomach will cramp. Here's the thing. I always eat like a banana right before I swim, never had a stomach cramp, never had any problems. And you probably can't eat right before I would vomit. you go and do. See, and that's the difference. I should have listened to my body. Yes. And not me. <laughs> it's my fault. I told you not to eat the banana. And I'm sure I told you with great authority. damn banana. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like a ton of fuel, but it, I think it would have helped a little bit because as soon as I felt that hunger pain when I got out of the water, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad because <laughs> I have like another hour and a half to go. <laughs> so that happened. And then uh, we biked and then 
Okay. And keep in mind too, the gear matters. Ella's bike is super fancy. Like it's a racing bike. Yeah. Your, your, your bike, your bike is pr- like not a racing bike. <laughs> your bike's pretty sexy. It's not terrible. It looks cute. <laughs> um, it's not a mountain bike, which I have done my previous triathlons on, which is not fun, but it does matter. And I realized as I'm just slogging out there, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't train well enough out on the roads. Mm. So let me fast forward. So I get off my bike, my husband and my son are there. Sydney was at a Girl Scout thing. And I'm okay. So immediately there's a hill to run up and then a, another kind of longer, lesser grade hill. And I am dying, literally dying. <laughs> Not figuratively. <laughs> I felt like I was going to throw up. Luckily, there was lots of woods and I wouldn't have thrown anything up. So that would have just been like scary. Ella wouldn't let you have so I, I round the corner and then I hear, is that you? <laughs> you were coming back from your run. And I was like, oh, somebody kill me now. And not just that you had beat me, but I realized how much longer I had to go. Yeah, it was not. I think, I think. <laughs> and I so wanted to be I done was finishing me. and you were starting and that is a brutal, like that's a brutal juncture. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see when it's people that you don't know that are doing the race. And you had mentioned how much it sucks when you're in the transition area and people like have their medals around their neck and you're just like starting, you're getting off your bike, haven't started your run yet. And people are like showering. <laughs> people are showered, dressed and their hair's fixed and you're like, you've got your run. In their Starbucks <laughs> it's a lot. You can at least pretend that you're still in the race. Well, it just is a great segue for one of the points that you have about how triathlon is so similar to life in that what did you call it? Your downhill? Yeah, I mean, there are two ways to look at it, but your uphill is somebody else's downhill. And therefore, your downhill is somebody else's uphill. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. So not to go like all deep and fortune cookie on you or anything, but you're, you're slogging it out. You just started and you had just run up this extremely steep hill and you were literally getting sort of spit out of that. And I'm because you're running uphill, I am by definition running downhill. It's an out and back. So I'm like, wee, I've got unicorns shooting out of my, you know. (laughs) And you can like smell the barn at that point. So it's like you're smiling and you're like, I'm almost done. And I thought I had such a laugh because I thought if Andrea could have seen me two minutes ago, she would have seen like snot pouring down my face, like me manually lifting my right leg and putting it in front of my left leg and like, you know. just absolutely dying out there because it was hot and it was much hillier than I thought, to be honest. Yeah, and, right. and, and I realized only after I'd passed you, it, it's sort of the, like the discrepancy between the two. And I just, I, I think about this during races all the time because you're flying, you're coasting, that's somebody else's uphill struggle, right? And so comparison is just, just such a bad and useless idea. And then at other times, you know, you're, you're on either side of that hill at any given moment in life. And it's just so insane to compare yourself to somebody else who's in a different chapter. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So honestly, like, I know it's a little meta, but I think about that every time I run a race. And especially on the bike, when you're when you're struggling, and you're pushing, and you're trying so hard, and you're like, I don't know how to get this thing up that thing. And then somebody else just comes flying down like they don't have a care in the world. <laughs> You just, I mean, you'll get there. So you just keep doing the one step at a time. And and, and I, I think about this every time. I didn't have time to tell you all that. That's a good point. <laughs> no, in our quick pass by. 
No, and it's it's true about life because I think that sometimes you can we talk about this in the in the rooms in 12 step meetings because for many people in the beginning parts of recovery and this can this is this is true for even people who are not in recovery or sobriety that it's called the pink cloud like when you're first sober and you sort of like the fog lifts and you see all of these possibilities and you just I think physically feel better too from quitting drinking and then there are also people in that same meeting who are in the shits of it, like just hate their life, hate themselves. Maybe they had a bad day, something bad's going on. And then they're the people like in the meeting with the pink cloud or they want to punch them in the face. So it's, it's the same, right? At any given moment in our lives, it's happening. It can be happening. If we don't acknowledge what you were just saying, then that can make us feel even worse. Yeah. And it makes you resent people. If you have people that are close to you and or, or hell on Instagram and they're in a different, they're, they're in their downhill right now and you're slogging it out uphill. It can make you feel like crap, but it also puts up a barrier between you and maybe some people that you're close to or just in a different season or it, you're not able to be happy for them or like their joy is taking away from yours somehow, you know, like there's a limited amount and they got some and you didn't. And I mean, it, it really, is true. And it makes me think of it every time I have that experience. So if you're feeling a little low and you see someone else posting their highlights and their trip to Mykonos, you know, and you're like at home slogging <laughs> it out, just remember, just remember that Doing that's their downhill. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have one more life lesson that I sort of talk about, but I like how you talk about it a little bit differently. And, and what is that? Poop before you start. I wish that I could. <laughs> Okay, that's not really it. I but. wish it was like magic. I, I told you how jealous I was that you were able hey, to do hey. that. I almost texted you because I didn't poop until the next day, Sunday. Oh, I wanted to announce it to you. <laughs> that's how much my body backs up. I, I didn't even poop the whole day. It's like, oh, nope, nope. I'm strike today. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could do a race if I weren't running light. I just don't think I could do it. Running light. <laughs> okay, that's-, that's what made me have such a long time. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's not really my deep and meaningful message. My deep and meaningful message, Andrea, it has the happy virtue of being true. And that is truly, truly, truly what the attitude that you take into this is everything. I mean, it will define your entire experience. And I, by the way, I want to punch somebody in the face when I'm feeling low and they're like, attitude is everything. Like, I don't talk Ew, to me. No. Like a poster. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me in posters. That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. But the truth is I've had races where, first of all, I'm a wimp. I'm scared of open water and I don't like being cold. Like, let's just start there. And I've had races where it's been 58 degrees outside. The sun is not out and I'm supposed to get in the lake. And I'm just like, I mean, all the the bad words. Like, no. And it's 5 30 in the morning. Yeah. Yes. And I have been curled up in the passenger seat of the car because my husband's a saint. And I've been curled up in the passenger seat of the car, like fully dressed from head to toe, being like, I'm not doing it. And, you know, he just carries on. And then I drag my sorry ass out of the car. And, and, and I have started races that way or started races with really high expectations for myself. And then I've had amazing days where I just go out there to have fun, which is kind of my new MO and just Mm -hmm. go out to have fun and be like, I actually paid to do this. I know. (laughs) Sometimes a lot of money. Right. (laughs) Add it all up. And P.S. No, literally nobody cares. Like I am the only person that cares. How often do we assign all this meaning to all these things and we create all of these narratives around them? And Andrea, right. like nobody cares. What are you even doing to yourself? What are you doing to your head game here? Like nobody, nobody cares. cares. <laughs> 
Nobody cares. And that's, I, yeah, I talk about that a little bit too. And well, and also, oh, by the way, did you hear me yell? Okay. So everybody, Ella won, she placed in her age group, which it's done. We should have been in the same age group technically, but the way that they do it, you were in a different age group. Yeah, they and aged you placed, me up. They aged they me up do. prematurely. Really rude. <laughs> so we're in a different age group. And did you hear me yelling for you when you went up to get your jar of strawberries? <laughs> jam right you went jam you guys it was it was a grassroots race you got like you know a jar of preserves for for, and a towel. for ranking uh, hey i'm so excited about the towel like i'm really proud with the towel yeah no what what did you yell hey that's my friend that's what i was screaming from the Aww. audience because even if i can't win i want everyone to know that i'm friends with winners <laughs> <laughs> quick life lesson so i can definitely add some meaning to this amazing podcast that we're doing today. Cheering helps. Like, can we just get that on the record? Cheering helps. Like if someone's standing on the sidelines, whether they, whether you know them or not, and they cheer for you, you always speed up. So like in life, cheering helps. (laughs) Completely. That's one of the things that I love about this sport. And I'm, I'm sure it varies from race to race. However, I have not, this is what maybe like my 10th race total uh, with between running and triathlon, there's always people there in the volunteers. And another thing I love is that this sport, there are people of all shapes and sizes and ages. I'm so glad you said that. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because I got my butt kicked by an 81 year old man, which I feel great about. And I love sitting there at the finish line and watching every shape and size run across the finish line. Like nothing makes me happier because it is so accessible and and it's just, I don't know, it's not a type. Like it's just the most beautiful thing to see all the different ages and sizes and shapes and everybody crosses the same finish line and gets the same t-shirt. It's just amazing. I and I think that. what we see on TV and what, what people listening might see that have never participated or even looked into triathlon is you see Kona Ironman, you know, these are these elite athletes. And then, cause that's what I used to see. And I'm thinking there's no, that's not me. There's no way I can do that. And please people, you know, I know I've already inspired a couple of people to, to look into this distance or, you know, get back into running and the sprint distance is completely doable. There are a lot of races actually, depending on where you live that are female only, which, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to discourage people because there might not be, it, it might be only a co-ed race that's available to them. They will, they sometimes separate gender. So you're not going to be, you know, no one's going to tramp, no big, you know, 250 pound man is going to trample you. <laughs> no, they space them out. They yeah, space, they space them, them out. out. Yeah. Don't be intimidated. But by it's sometimes that. if it, if you're a first timer, it can be great to do one that's, that's women only. And I agree with you. There's cheering, there's encouragement. The volunteers are great. They take care of you. It's, it is fun and you do, you feel like a champion when you're done. And, and I just remember thinking like, there's no way I could do all three of those in a row. (laughs) What kind of sick idea is that? Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment. (laughs) I am going to close this part of the podcast episode out. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. If you don't already run, swim or bike over to the honor with Ella podcast and check it out. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I had so much fun with you. Let's do it again. Thank you for that, Ella. And now here are my seven ways triathlon is just like life. All right. So the first one is that consistency matters. I've done a total of probably 15 or so races in my life, ranging from 
the sprint triathlons that I've done to 5Ks to one half marathon that I've done, I've trained well and I've trained not well. I'm stating the obvious here, but when you train consistently and you train well, you see better results. Yes, you might miss a workout here and there, but if the majority of your training is consistent, you'll do well. And when you join a training group and or hire a triathlon coach, you'll see even bigger strides, no pun intended. The same is true with personal development. When you use your tools consistently, you'll see better results. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people, even just specifically on negative self-talk. They use one tool once, and then they get exasperated that they still have negative self-talk. That's like working out once in your entire lifetime, competing in a triathlon and expecting to win the whole thing. It's not going to happen like that. You need consistency. The next one kind of rhymy. I didn't plan it out that way, but it's that persistency matters directly related to what I was just talking about. You must keep going despite difficulty. And it's a matter of when, not a matter of if you're going to have difficulty (laughs) in triathlon training, your muscles will get tired. You'll not want to do that brick workout You'll get tired of the chlorine hair. I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) You'll realize how slow you are and feel like it's not worth it. But there's nothing like the feeling of carrying on when it gets hard and finishing the workout or finishing the week of workouts or finishing the race. The feeling of strength and courage is what builds confidence in self-help Sometimes it's discouraging when none of your friends are into it. And by the way, you can always look for more friends who are into it. It can be discouraging when you feel like you're not growing at the rate you want to or think you should or make up that other people are. Or maybe you're digging into a topic with your therapist that is bringing up trauma for you and you're ready to quit it all, wishing you could Just go back to living on the surface of your life and not dive into all of this challenging stuff and hard topics. But persistency is key. You must keep going because it matters and you matter. Your life matters. All right, the next one. If you fall off the habit, just get back on. Maybe you get sick or injured when you're training. Maybe you just get lazy and don't train for a week. I know, I know that. (laughs) I know what that's like. And then you think all your training was for nothing and might as well quit, right? No, 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 no. Like Dory from Finding Nemo says, just keep swimming. And if you're a triathlete, just keep swimming, running, and cycling. In personal development, you will have setbacks. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And many times when that happens, you might feel like throwing in the towel. You'll feel like you already worked on this thing and now you have to start over. You know, maybe you have another breakup and it can feel discouraging. But in order to have the life you want, to get the results you want in your life, you have to get back on the horse. It's that simple. Moving on to... I love this one. (laughs) Sometimes you have to do things 
you don't like. I can't stand that advice and personal development that says, well, it, it, it's angled a couple of different ways, you know, basically just don't do anything you don't want to do. Always follow the feel good. If you, um, what is the one about if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That is probably my least favorite. Like, that is such bullshit. <laughs> oh my God. Whoever said that was probably on mushrooms or something. But anyway, sometimes you have to do things you don't like. I don't really like to work out first thing in the morning when I like step out of bed. I don't like to try and put on a sports bra after swimming when I feel like I'm trying to put on a straight jacket while soaking wet. I don't like coming in last place in my age group. Not that that happened. It really did happen, but I do it anyway. Obviously, I'm not going to do things that put me in danger, although some would argue that swimming in open water puts you at risk for getting eaten by the Loch Ness Monster. But the things I don't like doing during triathlon training are uncomfortable. Personal development is hands down uncomfortable. It is the queen of uncomfortable things <laughs> we must do in our life. Sometimes it's mild. And sometimes it's hold my hair back while I puke, painful. Either way, you're stretching and growing and getting better. You're going after the thing that you want. And it's that better life. It's your best self. It's your biggest self. It's your true potential. Being uncomfortable is the nature of the beast. Moving on, next one. You're training for something you're most likely not going to win. The majority of triathletes are what we call age groupers. We're not elite athletes. We know we're not going to win the big trophy and the grand prize money. I don't even know what the prize money is in like most of the races. I don't even look. We're training for ourselves only and the satisfaction we get from the training and the event itself. We know a very small part of the population participates in triathlon and that other people might think we're crazy, but we do it anyway. In self-help, there actually is no winner at all. Winning, quote unquote, is the work. It's the freedom of not being weighed down anymore. It's creating a life we love and that we're proud of. And like with triathlon, a small part of the population does this. Other people think we're crazy sometimes and we do it anyway because to us, it matters. The next one is fueling yourself appropriately is everything. And of course, this is an obvious one for triathlon training. But one thing I learned, <laughs> as we talked about before, was on the morning of this past race I did. Um, the morning of, I was awake at 4.30 a.m. for a 7 o'clock race. And actually, we didn't even get out into the water until 7.10 or 7.15. I had a cliff bar lots of carbohydrates in that. And I didn't even eat the whole thing. I, I didn't realize until later, until I found the rest of it in my pocket that I didn't eat the entire thing. Had some water and I had some coffee and I thought that would be enough. I got out of the water at 7.30-ish. Maybe it was like 7.35, 7.40 after swimming 880 meters and the hunger pains kicked in. I knew the bike and the run would, would be tough 
and they were. In hindsight, I should have shoved something down. Uh, but my banana was like in my backpack and it wasn't in the transition area. And I'm pretty sure it's actually kind of illegal to go outside of the transition area. I don't know if I would have gotten like disqualified, but I didn't. And I did the entire race on a minimal amount of, of uh, energy from food. And in personal development, your fuel looks like the people you surround yourself with what you consume in terms of things like podcasts and movies and music and books, et cetera. Your fuel also looks like uh, your self-talk. What are your thoughts that run through your head on a regular basis, which then create your beliefs? It's all important. So be intentional as you can about it. The path to get to where you want to be will be easier if you do your best to make sure the fuel in your life is as positive as possible. And the last one, I'm calling this one, it's all about the story you tell yourself. This is true in training for a triathlon and race day. And even before you decide to sign up for one, you might tell yourself you're too old you're too out of shape, you're too overweight, you're too whatever to actually do the race. People with disabilities do triathlons. An 85-year-old lady did the triathlon that I was in. Or you might tell yourself the drains in the pool will suck you down if you swim over them, or that a swamp person will grab your ankles while you swim in the open water. Not that I tell myself that. But if you let your fears take over... If you let these stories take over, you'll have the absolute hardest time. And if you get out in front of them, if you get out in front of these stories and these fears and learn to manage them by recognizing them quickly instead of letting them take you down, the journey will be much easier. In your self-help journey, if you pay attention enough, you'll notice that you make up stories all the time about how people feel about you, about what someone meant when they said that thing, about your worth, about what will happen if you do this or if you don't do that, and on and on and on. It's a natural part of the human experience. It's what our brains love to do. It's just how our brains work. While you can't stop yourself from quickly making up stories like your brain does, you can notice when it happens and you can challenge that story. I'm going to leave you with this. With both triathlon and personal development, you'll be proud as fuck of yourself when you do it every single time. And for those of you who are patrons, quick reminder that your bonus podcast episode drops on Friday the 13th. What, what? Super excited. It's your first bonus podcast episode. If you're not a patron yet, there is still time for you to get in because it's open all the time. <laughs> so you can come and join us. We're also doing our Ask Me Anything video call slash chat soon. So excited for that opportunities for you to 
uh, request certain guests, request certain topics, get your questions answered on a listener Q&A podcast episode, book giveaways for patrons. So excited. Would love to have you join us. There's all kinds of different, um, well, there's not all kinds. There's three different levels <laughs> and the bonuses depend on which level you choose. So come join us over there. The community is growing and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for those of you who have decided to join. Again, the podcast will always be free. It is listener supported from here on out. So grateful for you that you have come to listen to me today and every week. Thank you so much. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.